Hello, podcast listeners. Uh, we are here. I'm just taking a break from uh, putting together my new beehive. And Ryan, you just you got off work, didn't you, just now? Uh, yeah, just about mm, 20, 30 minutes. And uh, it was a long day, long, long day. And I'm very tired. But uh, we are excited to be with you tonight and to be talking about positive self-talk and just uh, just crushing it. It's yeah. like the good kind of tired it's, also. It's really pertinent to me right now because I just bought this beehive and it is, it's like pre-built, but I'm trying to assemble it and it's, it's really not going well. It is just, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going together. The so, beehive is... is- Putting up a fight? It is. How do you... Wait, okay. How are you... Where do you get the bees? You can either attract them through methods that I do not know yet and supposedly just like bee whisper them into joining your hive (laughs) or you buy a bee kit for $250. So... I bet I can guess which one you're going to (laughs) buy. Yes. Yes, you know me. Yeah, you're you're going to have the world's greatest bee whisperer. Because you pay $200 for a bee kit. I know that in my soul. Well, there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to kill them. So I just feel like... Don't Anyways. spend $200 on something if life is so fragile. Good plan. We're getting off topic. But we're here. We're here to talk about positive self-talk. And uh, we're very tired and we're very excited. And- yeah, and the tired is really important, I think, because here we are, tired, frustrated. It's been, like, long days on both sides, and we're, we're doing it anyways. And the, the thing about positive self-talk is that it's the most difficult in those situations where you're tired. For me, it's just being tired, being thirsty, Oh, I can't tell you the pit that I sometimes dig myself into in those situations of just, you know, you feel a lot of self-loathing, a lot of, you're just debilitated, you can't, you're never going to accomplish anything ever, those sorts of things. Well, I get it. And I I, honestly, I want to delve more into this physical awareness and self-care and how that plays into positive self-talk. But first, I want to tell people a little bit about why we have deemed this topic necessary to even discuss for a podcast that's all about getting things done and manifesting in your life the things that you want and you want to create and uh, you want to make happen. Why is that about positive self-talk or is that even related and I would say that nothing is more related well and that's that's such an important thing to bring up because positive self-talk in itself doesn't really seem like an action it doesn't seem like I don't know like you're necessarily doing anything just by talking to yourself no but it's it's such an active thing and I I have a story about this um but before I tell it I I just want to kind of set the stage to me Positive self-talk is the fuel to your entire life. It's, it's, it's the thing that allows you to move forward and to seek after and to take action the way that you want to. And on the other hand, negative self-talk or negative belief systems 
not only get in your way, they can make things harder. They can make it so it's you're less likely to do the things you want. You might be settling for things that aren't quite what you are really dreaming for. Or maybe you're actively self-sabotaging because you're so caught up in, in such a negative belief system. You do things directly opposite to what you want. And, yeah. you know, so those, those two kind of parts of the, the dichotomy, the spectrum here, positive and negative and everything in between is a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too. Ryan and I talked earlier about how we're not sure really why, but um, I think that we're both on kind of opposite ends of the spectrum where um, positive self-talk or maybe it's just like thinking really highly of myself comes a little bit naturally to me. And that sounds really bad to say, but I don't know how else to say it. And then, um, and then Ryan sometimes goes the opposite direction naturally almost. Is that fair to say? No, it's totally fair. And I think that when we're talking about positive self-talk, we're not talking about egoism. We're not talking about I'm better than other people or I have more value than other people. In fact, most positive self-talk is when it's real positive self-talk is very inviting in that it's inclusive. It invites other people to participate in this idea of empowerment and of value. Yeah, and uh, to feel good about themselves. Like, yeah, I love listening to, I, I've been telling you about um, the Rise podcast by Rachel Hollis. And she actually ascribes to some very different values than I have. Like, she's all about um, women, female entrepreneurs, and, and I'm at home with my kids. So it really doesn't apply to my life. But just the energy that she gives off and the way that she speaks about herself and I don't know. It just, it feels, I love listening to it because it, it fuels me in my life still, even though it's not always, I don't know if that makes sense, but we just empower others when we, when we empower ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because, and, that, and that's the difference. It's, it's when you see positivity and, and that thing as this limitless and renewable resource instead of something that you have to hoard and hold on to and eliminate from other people. It's not about like being good doesn't mean other people need to be less than it's all of us can be fantastic together. And it's a great thing. Um, So all of that being said, uh, you mentioned that positive self-talk is a very active thing. It's, it sounds like something that's inherent especially when you consider, you know, you seem naturally to be gifted with a talent of positive self-talk. I struggle with it really often. Um, So it's not always easy to tell where it's coming from. It seems so inherent. It seems so subconscious and it really is. Uh, Yeah, but it's really, it's, it's something that takes a lot of work still, even though I say it's something that I naturally, I naturally gravitate to, or maybe it's a skill that I've just developed so strongly that it seems natural. I'm not sure which, but you really see it come out in the way I interact with other people. Even like, I'm sure you've noticed this about me, Ryan. I will almost never back down from a hard conversation with any person in the same way. I never back down from a hard conversation with myself either. Right. I have never, I've never, (laughs) experience that with you 
I don't know what you're talking about. Just for context, like probably a good 70% of our relationship in the past few years has been based off of hard conversations that neither of us would back down on. So like, (laughs) so we're both killed at that part, but that part we've got, we've gotten spades. Um, But, But I just mean that I think that's an important connection to make that because uh, sometimes positive self-talk means having to have a hard conversation with yourself. It means having to ask yourself, you know, why am I thinking this? What is, what am I really worried about here? What, what are my concerns and how can I fight against them? And how can I change my state, change the direction? 100%, 100%. And, um, that whole mentality of like asking yourself, how can I do this? How can I approach this? How can I become self-aware? That has to do with a whole ton of stuff like, of course, self-awareness and mindfulness. And I'm sure we'll get more into that. Uh, cultivating that awareness in yourself is a really big tool that allows you to concentrate on controlling and developing and cultivating positive self-talk. Um, but for now, we're just going to focus on kind of the, that more direct focus of that. How do we change our own mindset? How do, we, yes. how do we work on and grow the voice and change what the voice inside my own head sounds like? Yes. Is the, is the crux of it. Um, do you want to tell your story I've, now? I've got, yes, I do. I have a story about that. Um, so I really like that you talked about, you know, it's, it might come naturally, but it's not uh, always easy. Something that I think fits into that category that we can all understand is, uh, like exercise and athleticism. Uh, there's people out there, you know, you see Olympians doing what they do might come naturally to them. That doesn't make it easy. Right. Um, and that is something that I've had to confront in the real world and in my own mind, because I growing up, I don't know what it was. I had this huge block about physical activity. I didn't play sports as a kid. I didn't, I wasn't not active. I just didn't see myself as strong or fit or masculine. And so when I was in college, I started getting into stuff. I wanted to get stronger, like rock climbing with friends. And I would try to, and you, and you, you were, (laughs) yeah, you got me into it. You, you and uh, hands uh, both uh, kind of introduced me to the wonderful world of climbing stuff. And, uh, and I loved it, but I wanted to get stronger. And so to get stronger, I was like, I'll go to the gym. That was tough. That was so tough Yeah. because I would, I would, it was a hard space for me to be in. It wasn't comfortable. And I think a few people out there can probably relate to that, that walking through those doors is not always an easy thing. And the voice in my head when I would try to do this was just echoing with, with, negative self-doubt insecurities and just detrimental bummerness it was just the worst attitude and and just really got me I would do this thing over and over where I would walk into the gym I would pick up a set of weights and I'd be like no that's too heavy put them down grab another one no it's too heavy put them down grab another one no I'm going home And I love that because it's, it's just such a good visual for how negative self-talk works. 
you, you kind of go down a road with your thoughts and they start to get, you know, build on each other, get more and more negative, like this negative snowball. And then you literally walk away from your dreams. Yeah. And that's what I was doing. In short, I let the negative, pessimistic, you know, skeptic part of my voice in my head, um, which I mean, I think sometimes we do skeptic a little bit, but he shouldn't, he shouldn't rule our lives. And that's what was no. happening. You know, he, he was definitely ruling my life. And so I was giving this voice full control and then walking away from the things I wanted without any kind of real fight or objection and felt awful about it. So what I discovered, I discovered this study. It was done by a school in India. I couldn't find it again. I looked and looked, but uh, they basically kind of hit some stuff on the head that really resonated with me. The main thing was they were looking at self-control and willpower and where that comes from, which is to me, another version of, of positive self-talk. It's kind of self-talks, positive self-talks cousin is willpower and self-control. Um, but they found out that a person will have good or high levels of self-control when they believe that they have good or high levels of self-control. You I, And that's so good because it's like, and this is the part where the doing comes in, right? Because unless you prove it to yourself on some level, it's really hard to keep that positive self-talk moving because what are you what do you have to build on almost right yeah. yeah it's like so so why that's what I started doing that's exactly what I started doing I started combining positive self-talk with a belief in myself with action so I would go back to the gym and whenever I would feel that voice that negative pessimistic skeptical voice telling me what I couldn't do or what I didn't deserve was a huge part of it. What I wasn't worthy of or all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I would flip the script. I would flip it on its head and I would give myself a little pep talk. And the core of that pep talk for me in that moment was really simple. I just focused on the idea that I am an athlete. I'm showing up. I'm doing something athletic. It's hard for me. It's challenging. I'm not an Olympian, but that's not the goal because their lives seem kind of terrible. They wake up way too early for me. And, <laughs> and I, you know, that's not what I want, but I'm an athlete. I'm doing this and I'm doing this because I want to and because I am sweating and working and growing and challenging myself and I love it. And it was a huge turnaround. And it that's, was such a, that's such a great phrase that I am an athlete because there's so much power in it. Not only are you speaking to yourself positively, but you're identifying something really specific that you want for yourself yeah. and, and that kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more that you say it, the more yeah. that you begin to identify with it and see yourself in that. Right. Now, a lot of people would look at this and be like, well, that's fake it till you make it. You're just kind of like putting on a smile until you're actually happy. And there's some truth to that. But when we think about where negative and positive self-talk comes from, all of this stuff operates in the subconscious part of our brain. Yes. We 
internalize ideas about ourselves, about others, and about the world around us. And that stuff sits in the back of our head and literally controls us. As human beings, our choices don't really come from our conscious brain. They come from reactions to our subconscious brain. And that's really important because if you hear the word positive self-talk and you hear what we've been saying now and you think, well, I need to just be who I am. Like that's, I'm not going to just be someone I'm not. You haven't discovered that you get to decide the kind of choices that you make in your life. You get to decide who you become. Like that is so important. And at the heart of it is, is controlling where Mm -hmm. you go. And that, and you can't do that unless you control your thoughts. You absolutely cannot. And with the whole controlling your thoughts element, um, a big part of that is who's to say that every thought and feeling you have is inherently true. Exactly. Yeah. So much of what we understand about ourselves, like somebody, let's say you took a math test when you were seven years old and you did poorly and you're, you internalize an idea that you're not smart, right? And now when you now what you're describing is, and I really like that you brought this up, if you try to tell yourself you're smart, this voice in your head might say, you are betraying your identity as a not smart person. Yes. Who are you to say you are smart when you have decided you are unsmart? You know? <laughs> like and it's like was the person who I was seven like why the heck should I base my entire life and my whole outlook as my the huge chunk of my identity as a person of something that happened when I was like barely able to function and stay alive absolutely (laughs) why should you and you shouldn't you should not you should not do that (laughs) at all yeah so that's why that's that's why I would say I think that when people are going through pain and hardship, own that. Own that it's hard for you. It is hard for me to go to the gym. It's hard for me to wake up in the morning. Lots of things are hard for me. There are lots of things that are challenging. That doesn't mean that that challenge defines who I am. In fact, my reaction to the challenge more defines who I am. Yes. And and the reaction is really important because I kind of alluded to this when, we, when you were telling your story. Um, but when you think about like this snowball effect that I described, it's really important to remember that your brain is a researcher. So that that one, that first thought, that first reaction then pulls up in your brain a whole filing cabinet of other situations that support that so if the first thought is negative your brain's going to be thumbing through thumbing through you know like where can I find evidence to support this person it's like it's like searching in google like you can always find something to support anything that you want to think when you do a cursory google search there were weeks that I honestly was convinced that I was pregnant even though I had taken a like 17,000 pregnancy tests and also had an ultrasound. <laughs> but I was like still half convinced because like there were so many people online that told me that that was still possible, even though it was not, it was not possible, <laughs> but I felt terrible. Well, and I must've had a, like this huge buildup of gas. Cause my stomach was like 
really inflated and I couldn't figure out why. But the point is that your brain will tell you almost anything just to support you, just like Google will. Yeah, your brain is like the best worst friend. Yes. You know, it It can be either. It can be either. And I think this kind of plays off of a little bit of what you mentioned is like, it's inherent to you. It's a little bit less inherent to me. And I think the core of that is maybe has to do with that searching element. And this is a guess. I'm not a scientist. I haven't done the study, but I would guess that somewhere along the line, you got better at finding supporting evidence for things that empowered you. And I got better at finding supporting effort evidence that for things that disempowered me. I don't know. That's a word. Yeah. Well, it absolutely makes sense. Because we, we, you know, we were siblings. We got a lot of the same information. Yes. We were unique people. We had different experiences in different childhoods and some extents, but at the same time, for some reason, I started to learn how to find all kinds of evidence and excuse me, ammunition to support the fact that I was bad or broken or wrong or any of those things. And I got really good at that. And that's a scary thought to realize that even as a child, you can just let yourself kind of fixate on these negative thoughts. There's so many adults walking around right now who who do that to themselves all the time right who let themselves just go down this rabbit hole of negativity when they could be fueling as you said their heart's desires you know and and moving towards those things but they're stuck in this in this space where they feel incapable and they feel like they can't do things that they want to do which which brings up a an interesting question for me um, when is it, I guess not when is it our job, but like, how can we, how can we contribute to other people's positive self-talk? It's such a personal thing. It's such, it requires so much kind of dedication, but at the same time, I think one of the biggest beauties of developing positive self-talk in yourself is that you can lend it to other people sometimes. Would you agree with oh, that? Yeah, I actually have a story about that. I think that sometimes, and you need to look for these people in your life that you know when you're when you're letting yourself go down this space, you need to have people in your life that you know will set you straight, will course help you course correct when you ask for it. Um, but sometimes we can. Um, I heard this term recently. We can be people's external brains for them. For a little bit and um there was there's this one kid that I had a chance to meet and I think he came from a pretty you know rough life rough home life rough just past in general um he had been I think I don't know if he was currently in foster care but he had been in the foster system and we could not he was at this camp with us and we could not get him up the mountain. He was just as physically capable of any, as any of the other kids, but he was just like shuffling along and even meandering, I would say, like just going out of his way to be, to be as, (laughs) yes, to be as slow 
as possible. There's like this little shuffle going yeah. on, and we couldn't figure out how to get this kid moving. And well, I just want to point out, like to, I mentioned earlier, at at some point, not only can our negative self talk slow us down or get in our way, it can literally self sabotage. Yes. Like me walking out of the gym and like this kid, you know, just wandering instead of putting one foot in front of the other. He was so wrapped up in his own bad belief system that he wouldn't allow himself to just walk in the right direction. Yeah. So, so we're going up the mountain and uh, the two guys that were kind of on the dealing with the caboose side of things and trying to move this kid forward, were just exhausted. So I took over for a little bit and I looked at this kid and I just thought, you know what? I'm going to annoy him into going <laughs> up the mountain because he's physically capable. And that's what I thought in my head. But then as I started talking, the, the annoyance, like he's a student of mine, so I'm not going to annoy him really. But, but I thought, you know, I'm just going to tell him over and over again how strong his legs are. And I'm going to tell him how capable he is over and over. And I'm just going to keep saying as many things about how good of a hiker he is as like just a constant stream of verbiage. I didn't stop talking at all one time. And it was often repetitive too. Like it wasn't new stuff. It wasn't interesting. It was just, you, you just, your legs are like tree trunks. They're so strong. Look at you just going up this mountain. You're amazing. You're powerful, whatever, anything I could think of. And he started picking up his pace. It was gradual. But I started to notice, and so I just kept going. And soon he's in the middle. And a little bit later, now he's almost at the head of the group. It was just the most mind-blowing experience of my life because I had kind of set out to just, like, annoy him into moving forward. But it was very clear at some point that I was doing something more than just annoying him. And then later he came up and gave me a big hug and said, you know, you you changed that hike for me completely. And, and so it was, it was really cool to just see how, you know, sometimes you can be that external brain. You can be that person who just helps someone who's so stuck make a bit of a shift. No. And I, I, I love that. And I love that idea. I also think that uh, one little caveat, one little addition to that, I think that developing your own, resilience and positivity great and go for it however you do not need to one of the biggest like ko punches to us pursuing any kind of uh, what's a ko punch a knockout punch a knockout okay a punch that knocks you out (laughs) Um, don't worry i don't know that because of actual boxing i know that because of boxing video games so perfect um, <laughs> so the KO punch. Um, the KO punch. Sorry, the, what I'm saying is a KO punch to your own progress and your ability to help others and just life, man, is I am not good enough to do this yet. If you had looked at that kid and thought, oh, I could tell him that he's great, but I don't think I'm great. So how can I go around telling other people that they're great when I don't think I'm great? You know what I mean? Like this idea that you have to be like, reach a, get a certificate of like goodliness of like you have achieved worth. I don't know. Yeah. But 
I feel like I've done that in my head so many times. Like I will be able to go to the gym once I X and a bigger one that I think we do for a huge amount of things is I will be able to be happy once I X. Yes. Once I make the money, lose the weight, get the job, get the girl, get the guy, you know, like once I am not alone, once I am more successful, once I am this or that, I will allow myself to be happy. Yes. Allow yourself to be happy right now. (laughs) So dangerous. Like, why wouldn't you be happy right now? And, okay, and this is a bit of a, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the last thing. I think a really good way to do that, to to get around that, is practicing on other people. Yes. Your positive self-talk on your friends, because often it's easier to tell other people they're great than it is to tell yourself you're great. Practice on them, but then turn around and do it to yourself. Listen to what your voice sounds like when you tell other people they're awesome. And then listen to what your own voice sounds like in your head. And if it's different, change it. Yeah. And also when you start to see that the positive effect of your words, you'll Mm -hmm. inspire yourself to be more positive with yourself because you'll want that for yourself but also you said a word you said something yet and it reminded me that sometimes you know it's difficult to make that jump for ourselves um I might have a hard time saying over to myself I'm an athlete um but it might because it might start as negative self-talk it might start as you know I've I would say to myself, I'm not a morning person, but a really subtle way that you can start that in a positive direction is by saying yet after your negative self-talk, I'm not a morning person yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that all of a sudden that closed door gets open a smidge and that lets so much room for possibilities, right? And then your brain starts to look at these possibilities that are so exciting and almost irresistible to your subconscious and your, you know, your just everything. And I mean, honestly, I love that idea, but I would not object to anybody taking it one step further and just taking I'm not out of their vocabulary. That's true. That's true. I think that that's great. I think that you're totally, totally correct in saying that. But honestly, for myself, I don't like to leave a lot of room for error. If I'm going positive, I'm going big. Like, <laughs> because, but, if, but if you catch yourself saying yeah. something out loud or in your head, just adding yet to it, it'll make a world of difference. I promise. Yeah, yeah. especially like a very optimistic yet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not, like, don't be like an Eeyore yet. Like... I'm not a morning person yet. It you has know? to. It has to have an exclamation point at the end to be effective. Yeah, it has to be exclaimed with joy. Um, I love that. I would love to go over. We mentioned a few, but I would love to go over for everybody and for ourselves, like our favorite self-talk tips. And Ooh. I briefly mentioned this in my story about exercise and you kind of talked about it with your, uh, with your hiking friend. But my first self-talk tip is say it out loud. Oh yes. A hundred times. Yes. A thousand times. Yes. Like something said out loud is just going to be so much more powerful to you. I, 
I told you my story last week when we tried to record this of um, my beanbag tournament woes and how much I am terrible at playing. We have this beanbag game and it's like a beanbag toss and you have to get it in. And I honestly can't throw the beanbag in the hole. It's impossible for me. And so because I was so embarrassed and someone asked me to be on their team and I didn't want to let them down, I just whispered out loud, I'm really amazing at this. And and I'm not going to say we won the game, but I got it in quite a few times and it was close. I actually, you were telling me that story about your like, just channeling verbal positivity with beanbag toss. The same thing has happened to me in a family game of basketball. Like we have very rarely, this has only happened a few times, but like our family likes sports for the most part. And every once in a while, everybody's like, let's go play basketball. And dad and Chris usually dad and my brother and my father, sorry. Yes. Uh, Um, they usually, you know, put these together. And I remember one time they were like, we're going to play basketball. You should come. And I was like, okay, I know I should go. It's like a family thing. I don't want to, I hate basketball. I'm so bad at it. And basketball is not a beanbag toss. Like it is a complicated aerobic (laughs) game. And I'm so terrible. And I remember doing that exact same thing. And I felt great. I had a good time. All I did was sink like maybe a couple baskets, but I was like talking myself up and just like, I was LeBron James in my head, you know? But a couple of baskets is a big difference <laughs> between no baskets. That's you a huge a big difference. difference. A big difference was not the fact that I made the baskets. The big difference was the fact that I had an immensely enjoyable time with my brother and my dad and the rest of my family instead of normally I would walk into that situation and just be like secreting distaste, just like so angsty about being forced to do something like that against my wishes because I was so insecure about it. So say it out loud. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're not insecure. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my first tip is definitely say it out loud. Um, and, uh, and give yourself a pep talk, cheesy, but I dare you. I dare you to try it. Like, <laughs> it's great. Okay. My tip, I hope this counts because it's, it's tied to an action. But I don't know. Mom always used to, when I was being a bear when we were young or just, a, yeah, a grump, whatever you want to call it, she would <laughs> say to me, what's that? What? What? <laughs> so literally every morning? <laughs> Yes. I'm not a morning person yet. Okay, Ryan? Also, it was, I think it was the worst probably in high school. So. <laughs> okay. But whenever I would get in that state of hating yeah. on life, mom mm-hmm. would look me in the eye and say, Jen, go do your hair. And it was, it, it seemed so random, right? But she had kind of put together that if I just took a minute for myself and like she, I was probably like, you know, in the morning you're disheveled or you're just not quite, you're behind, you're not in it yet. 
she'd say, go to your hair. And it just gave me a chance to just like, I nothing fancy, put my hair in a ponytail or, you know, brush it or something. And then it gave me a chance to reflect, gather myself, but also that physical change of like, and it can be anything. It can be, you know, putting your hair in a ponytail in the morning, like it was for me when I was 10 or whatever, but it can also be uh, making your bed in the morning and feeling that satisfaction. Like, yeah, I made my bed. Or for me, it's going right now, it's running for a mile in the morning. That is an absolute game changer for me because I knew, know that I got out of my bed and the first thought that enters my head still in the morning when I think I'm going to go for a run right now is you are crazy. You are a crazy person for thinking that you could do that or would want to do that because it's cold outside and your bed is warm and why? And so, but then to overcome that and to push myself into the space that feels wildly uncomfortable and then to come home and feel great because I have all these endorphins and then all of a sudden I feel like I can just kill that day because I did yeah. something so hard so early, if that makes sense. I, yes, yeah. it absolutely makes sense. Can I kind of like label this? Yes. I would, I would call this self-care. Ooh. I would call this self-care because the hair thing, the jogging, um, taking a moment to address your needs, not in a indulgent way, not in a, you know, um, self-care is eating chocolate, but we already mentioned, you know, your physical state has a ton to do with your ability to self-talk positively. So if you catch yourself doing a scan, being like, where am I at? And taking care of yourself, it's huge. Well, yeah, and that can be a moment. That can be 30 seconds where it you can be it can be a routine, it can be it can be spontaneous, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be a run. It can, like you said, putting your hair in a ponytail, giving yourself time to be worthwhile and to take care of yourself and to but, be valued. But Big. the really important part of this, when we when we're labeling this as self-care, is mm. that it cannot involve you. Okay, this is my thing, so I'm just going to make up the rules, okay? Um, okay. But it. <laughs> it cannot involve you consuming any uh, consuming anything. So that means any media. Like, okay. taking a moment for yourself is not watching Netflix. It is not scrolling through Instagram. It is not even talking to a friend on the phone. It is you. It is a time with yourself, whether it's 30 seconds of brushing your hair and looking in the mirror and thinking, I'm going to kill this day. Whether it's me taking my 10 minutes to go running through the snow in the morning, whatever it is, make sure it's just you and that you have that time for yourself because there's so much, it's so easy to consume, consume, consume and never have space for who you are. And to, okay. and to get ahead of that, I guess, or on want, top of that. I want to put an asterisk on that okay. <laughs> because, because I am not 100% convinced that all the time that the way I need to take care of myself is by remaining isolated. No. Right? Well, no. With the strategy. <laughs> with the I, would, str I would like to experiment on that. I would like to experiment. <laughs> I would like to 
listen, I would like to, I want, I'm not going to take your word for it. I'm, I'm going to say, I will try. I will. Okay. This is something because what you just identified is something that I don't do a ton. Right. I don't have a lot of things in my life where I take care of myself. I, and cultivating those is something that I'm working on. But so right now, a lot of my self-care does involve inviting other people into my life and, and kind of collaborating and that kind of stuff. Right. So, and we'll talk more about this because that brings up, I, I want to do a podcast on the four tendencies. And that might be why we're differing so much on this point, because we're grouped in such different categories. Yeah. So for me... But before you get into that too much, yeah. nobody nobody knows what the four tendencies yeah, are. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. I don't think I don't think we Basically, need to talk. Do you want? Okay, fine. Go ahead. All I was gonna say is the point is we're very different people. Yes. So that's why I'm saying I will put an asterisk in that because I listen to you say it and I'm like, yeah, that sounds great for you. Yeah. I'm not 100 percent convinced. It's great for me, but I'll try it. <laughs> you know what though? Let's just say consuming means okay because I heard this I listened to a podcast a little while ago. it was the rise podcast that I mentioned earlier and she was she was interviewing someone who said that she she's like this highly successful businesswoman and she said I you know what I always create before I consume and I mm-hmm. thought that was so powerful. So you know what? If creating for you, if that space of self-care legitimately no, do you know involves what? I'm someone else. To... Well, but it has to be a creation on your end. It can't be okay. a consumption. Do you know what I mean? Okay. No, I do know what you mean. And I'm getting more on board because okay. I have started to kind of acknowledge and think about the fact that those types of things that could be labeled as just kind of simple creating have been relatively absent from my life lately, but I'm shutting the door on this tip. This is the longest tip ever. So, okay, it really is. <laughs> so, so far tips we have give yourself a pep talk, say it out loud. And yeah. the other one is self care. Like yes. take care of yourself in a physical creative way one of those two categories is it's vague but I like it so far <laughs> okay do we have do we have any last tips for people I've got one I just thought okay of mindfulness kind Ooh. of a different thing but the same thing I don't care if you meditate I don't care if you journal I don't care what you do there's tons of ways google mindfulness until we get to the podcast if you want to look it up right now just be present while you're doing dishes enjoy the warm water be happy about it the the core of the core of self-awareness and mindfulness for me is what i mentioned earlier not every thought and feeling is true our brains fire stuff off and it bubbles to the surface nonstop. yeah and we don't we don't have to just incorporate that automatically into our beings and consume it and swallow it without questioning it or accepting it. We're allowed to watch those things. We're allowed to observe them and own them, but just observe them. Taking time and understanding that you can step back a little bit from your emotions and your thoughts. Huge. It's just, it's huge. Um, It's a big deal and it can allow you to facilitate so much more positive self-talk. Yes. I love it. 
I think it's time to go to bed. It is time to go to bed. Um, but our first week, we talked about some goals. And I've kind oh, of yeah. thought of one for myself really oh. quickly. I was going to post every day on Instagram. Yes. About stuff. I, it was kind of vague. I was just going to post about how I'm doing. I've been pretty good. I'm going to give myself like a B plus. I would give you an A. Like. <laughs> I didn't post. I've been much more Helter Skelter this week. Last week was great. This week, I've started losing steam on some stuff. Okay. But, a minus so like, then. A minus. <laughs> um, what was the, I gave you the goal of finding time to forgive yourself. What was it? What did I even say? So I wanted to be a morning person because you were going to document some of yeah. what your morning person is. Yeah. And I was saying I wanted you to figure out what do you do when you don't make your goals? Like, how do you react to that? Yeah. How do I build in that forgiveness? Yeah. And honestly, this is, this is tricky. And we'll do a podcast about sleep, I'm sure. Yeah. But so I but just give me, get give me it how too you much. Uh, I did really badly some, <laughs> some days and really awesome other days. Like some days I just totally surprised myself with yeah. how well I did. And other days it was, I didn't do it at all. Right. Yeah. So, and not only did I do it, not do it at all, but I completely self-sabotaged by doing all the things that I said I shouldn't do, like staying up late and working on, I don't know what renovations I was doing last week, but, but I, but I honestly don't think it's worth giving myself a percentage because I know I'm not where I want to be yet, but I know I'm getting there and I'm moving towards it, honestly. So my baby just woke up and it's time to go. Um, She's screaming her head off right now. I don't know if you can hear that. Okay. Well, we will be back. Yeah. And this podcast is done. Thanks for listening, friends. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe. That way you will not miss out on next week's episode. Ryan and I will be talking about how sleep can make or break your life and you're not going to want to miss it. So subscribe and have a great night, day.